0: I love this song.
1: Welcome to Chosen by Committee, the podcast where myself, Josh Herron, Christopher Munden, and John Rosenberg read every single Pulitzer Prize winning play and or musical since 1918. So you don't have to, or maybe you'll read us read along and join us. My name is Josh Herron. I am a elementary school teacher, theater lover, uh, and sometimes writer. And I am joined by Cat Daddy Christopher Munden. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And uh, sea lover John Rosenberg. Hello. And this week we are um, reading probably the most well known play that we've read so far um, 1937's uh, classic screwball, not screwball really, it's classic comedy. Uh, You Can't Take It With You by George Kaufman and Moss Hart. I have heard about this play for a very long time. It was done at my high school, but I didn't see it. It was recently revived on Broadway. Um, I think it's sort of known as a play that lots of high schools do and lots of community theaters do.
2: Hmm. Who was in it on Broadway?
1: Uh, Most recently, James Earl Jones played the grandfather. Oh, nice. Annalie Ashford played uh, the sister that's the dancer.
2: Okay.
1: Those were sort of the big. Um, John, do you want to try to summarize it? Um, I'll
0: try. Uh, you Can't Take It With You tells the story of a uh, kooky family, I think it's fair to say, in New York. Uh, it's a mom, a father, a daughter, or two daughters, a grandfather, and you basically meet, it. they live in a wacky house where everybody beats, or everyone moves to the beat of their own drum, and uh, everyone is a character. And it slowly turns into a play about the daughter, uh, who's a bit more of a, she's a little more straight-laced than the rest of her family wanting to bring home a young man that she has fallen in love with, who uh, is the son of the boss of the company that she works at. Um, They are desperately in love, but she's very worried to introduce her crazy, crazy family to the straight-laced, I believe it's the Lacey family. And um, so uh, one evening they're supposed to come over, but they end up coming the night before, so there isn't a chance to hide all of their... uh, their eccentricities uh, and chaos ensues and there's a question of will the young man and young woman stay together but at the end everything works out.
1: I think that's a great summary. I would sort of describe the family as like manic pixie dream family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Like, they're all played by Natalie Portman in Garden State. Um, except for the grandfathers played by Zoe Deschanel. Uh,
2: <laughs> or, or like a family from... Uh, John mentioned that director last week, the one who did, uh, like Budapest oh, Hotel.
1: Family. Yeah, I mean, I feel like these families are a little, like, darker. This is, like, mm. so, like...
2: I but mean, similarly think, eccentric, right? Just, like, everyone's a weirdo.
1: I mean, I would say that this play is, like shockingly good-natured like yeah just like there is not a cynical bone in this play's body it is it is like i yeah. found it to be an incredibly earnest like b- bordering on naive sort of like joyful experience i i've never seen it i don't think it was for me um i think it's great and say it. like i don't think it was a particularly like wonderful play to read or like there wasn't anything that was like that yeah it was a to,
2: comedy but it wasn't really laugh out loud was it
1: yeah but i i can imagine and maybe this is like i'm influenced by i read the reviews of the like last revival that I, it sounds like if it's done really well like it would be like a really fun two hours like a real escape from whatever shit is going on um,
2: yeah, I got that impression too. That with the right cast, with the right production, it would be really fun and fast.
1: But it seems like like I don't. I think this might be the most sort of like detached from anything comedy, like play even. Like even the comedies or the sort of like like I think the comedies we've encountered have been like satire. Like this isn't even really a satire. It's just sort of like a like. It's just sort of air. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I guess, like, the message is, like, be yourself, Wink. Um, and, like, be independently wealthy enough to, like, be happy.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I think that's important because it's 1938. And it's like, why do you want to do a desk job? Why do you just want to make money? You could just be an artist and write plays or, you know, quit your bank charm. So I find it's a bit like, you know, uh, Trump's daughter the other week was like, why don't they do something else about the unemployed? Right. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like that. And the talk about the income tax you've seen, um, income tax rates of rate have gone up from like 25% to 80% for the top bracket in the last decade. And there's an IRS guy who comes around and it's kind of a subject of ridicule. So it is fun, but the, there was that element of like um, conservatism.
1: Yeah. I think that's like a, that's a good point actually. Like it is sort of like, there's this like, like libertarian right through the like gaze of like a, like a socially like liberal sort of fantasy happening. Mm
2: -hmm. But yeah, it's fun. It's a, it won an Oscar for best picture to the adaptation directed by Frank Capra.
1: Oh, I'm sure that is love. Li- okay, Again, sure that's
2: li- yeah. Which reading it, you're like, "Yep, I could see that." James Stewart.
1: What do you think, John?
0: Um, I really, I think on a certain level, I really enjoyed it. I, I feel like if I would have seen this when I was in high school, I'd probably think it was the best play I've ever seen. Do you know what I mean? Like. Um, because I, I feel like it name-checks a lot of things that makes it seem more sophisticated than it actually is, which is really cool in a way. Like but yeah, it Well, I, I feel like it name-checks, like, communism. Uh, like, it's racially slightly more progressive than most stuff, because, you know... There's it, two it, black it,
2: characters. Yeah.
0: Right. It it checks a lot of boxes. Um to me it's like a it's like a if if USA Today was a play, this would be it. You know? <laughs> and yeah. when when I was young, I fucking loved the USA Today. Like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fucking know any better. But like Um Yeah, I it was interesting because at first in that first scene, I was trying to guess where the play was gonna go and I didn't see where it ended up going, I didn't see that coming. Like that, it basically got reduced to uh, a love story of this is who my family is, that's who your family is, please accept me. Or, you know, I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah, I was, I described it to a friend as la cage à faux
0: for straight people. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought about that at some point. Or, um, um,
1: for our less cultured audience, the birdcage for straight people. <laughs>
0: um. <laughs>
1: Like it would be sort. I mean, I guess like it would be fun to do like a fun. Um, maybe this is what our episode can be like. I'm imagining like a 2020 like movie adaptation where they just like rewrite it all and like like Grandpa's a leather daddy and like and like Mom is an anti-vaxxer.
2: And, <laughs> uh, well, no, that was a good thing when uh, uh, Mrs. Kirby the the uh like the banker's wife or comes round and talks about the occult right spiritualism spiritualism, spiritualism. Uh, and the mother is like that's bullshit, something like that
0: but you know so yeah, I think we all agree that like it is kind of like there wasn't much to it. I think what I was so impressed by was the writing itself because although there wasn't much to it, it was it was dense and thick and it ran quick. Like structurally it's written really well. I mean, until like the, the love shit takes over, then it's like, whatever. But, um, at some point when I was reading it, I couldn't imagine how the author structured this. Uh, I just thought it was done really well. Um, just with the characters and like, right. Once it turned into a love story, it's like whatever. But yeah, I thought the writing was really good.
1: What, what's interesting is that there is a play where you have like fourteen characters on stage and exactly one of them who is like sort of the author the audience surrogate, but like also sort of a whatever character is, is that the only character No, Alice Alice is the only character that experiences tension. Like not like literally no other character is like I mean, maybe the parents are a little bit like shocked, but like,
0: mm-hmm. right.
1: Like, it's interesting and in, it's interesting in that way. In that, like, the majority of subjects on stage are just like the dramatic arc doesn't affect them. I mean, a little bit. The parents at the end are like, "Oh, I wish we could have like." There's like three minutes of like, maybe we should have been better. Uh, I mean, but, I- like, because they're all so like, I mean, maybe that's more interesting than it. And then maybe that is like an interesting aspect of this play. Is like you've written characters that are so lapsudasical that the like conventional structure of a play of a of like a plot doesn't affect them.
0: I yeah, or, no, I I hadn't thought of the what you're saying that the only one that really experiences tension is the daughter Alice. Um, I think that's really I think it's really funny and fascinating when you think, think about Tony it. Does.
1: Like like Tony's like nev- never is Tony like I'm worried too. Like,
0: like, no, it
1: won't make it work, whatever.
0: I was interested, after reading the play, a version in my head where, like, at the end, Tony's dad is basically giving grandpa's speech where it's like, you all need to stop fucking around and get with the real world. And all of them give up their dreams and, like, get jobs working for his company and, like, dedicate themselves (laughs) to making money. That
2: would be a happy ending.
1: Once it becomes in the public domain, you could also do a scene, like a, a silent scene in like pantomime, like 30 years later where they're all like on, like they're all starving. Oh. <laughs> or grandpa's committing welfare fraud. <laughs> Grandpa mm.
2: is the welfare queen. They did have someone committing welfare fraud, didn't they? Uh, I mean, they Donald, Donald. was. Um, uh, but no, they have. They own some property. That's where they get their money from, and don't pay income tax on it. Oh, they're,
1: oh great! They're landlords. Right. Yeah. I bet they wouldn't be. I bet they'd be like kicking <sighs> tenants out right now.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, well,
2: yeah.
0: I was like. I think one of the wonderful things about this project that I always enjoy is I always learn something with every play I read. I can't ever really put my finger on what it is every week with each play, but there's, I just don't understand how people write kitchen sink comedies like this. Like that takes a lot of talent to keep it going. Like, yeah. Yeah.
2: With was, those like bit characters, like the gay, gay something, the actor
0: oh, the who actor? comes in that just for one
2: scene and then the, the Russian counters. Right. And then it with was, the guy, like
0: body, the Russian guy body slamming Tony's oh, dad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the like, dance teacher.
0: Right. So there's things that happen that are kind of ridiculous, but how they go about them happening, they're done well.
2: Yeah. They're like, done well
0: the 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 actions aren't terribly interesting but like how the authors went about doing it i was really impressed by
2: um yeah i think it would be a a fun play to see yeah
0: and i could see how it'd be a tough one I could see how this would be a tough one done by a high school.
2: Oh. It could be terrible done by a high school.
1: (laughs) This is like a a fine Wilmot show. Or not Wilmot. I would love to do
2: (laughs) this. The Walnut Street Theater, right?
1: Yeah. Perfect Walnut. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if there's like I mean like this is actually I think a show would be fun for like a crazy directorial conceit. I don't know if it would work but what would you do? I mean, I actually think that you could do some, like, color-conscious casting and, like, make it, like, you could charge it up in some way. Um, like, Have
2: one of the families be...
1: Be, like, black, um, like, and what that would, like, do. Um, or you could... Or even, like, you could make, like, if you make... Like, what happens if you make the Sycamores, like an immigrant family, right? Um, Like I'm wondering if like there's something about that that like charges it up. All of a sudden that makes like not paying income tax like much more threatening. Um, But
0: But I also feel like because it's a safe play, there's no desperation on the Sycamores part. And I feel like that would be an interesting play too. If there was a desperation that drove all the family members in, like their del- you know delusional hobbies or whatever, but like they're they're never questioned on stage for why they are the way they are.
2: But, no, and I think it it makes sense that they're wealthy enough that they can do this dumb stuff.
0: I mean, you could also
1: make it so that they're like it's actually. Do you know what would be really fucking cool if you make them like the um, if you make them like the Beals of Great Garden. Like, if you make the house like Great Gardens, and, like, they're actually, right. like... Do you know of the Great Gardens?
0: Sorry, uh, Chris. It's a movie. He doesn't like movies. So Great Gardens <laughs> is, a,
1: is, a, is a documentary and a musical. And an HBO made for TV. It's <laughs> a documentary about... It's, like, cousins of Jackie Onassis, kind Oh,
2: the old, the old oh. women. Okay. I do they're know like, that. Yeah. They're like,
1: it's sort of, like, what happens when, like, wealth goes away. Like, yeah. you're okay. raising wealth, and then, like, you... It is not really there, and you sort of like turned creepy and sickly. But like, I wonder if like they're actually like if they're actually impoverished and are told like and are just like out and have just sort of like made their own world. Um, and if like the ending is sort of like a sort of discordant, creepy like.
2: They're not wealthy because they have to make fireworks <laughs> to sell at Fourth of July and. They go get chem salmon, and but they they're doing okay.
1: It, oh, that all those meals sounded like really gross.
0: They did. I. Oh, might I might I ask real quick, Josh? What were you doing when your high school put this on?
2: Yeah, I, why weren't you in it?
0: I graduated. I was in
2: college. Oh. Why didn't you go back to see it? Because it was in Philadelphia. I lived in San Diego, I wouldn't do that. Sorry, Mr. Santia
0: so who who are you saying? who would you be in the play?
1: I'd be the actress, the lush, or I would double count oh. as the actress and the Russian countess.:
2: yeah, mm. that could happen Who would you be, Chris? Um, I like the son-in-law xylophone player. Yeah, I thought you
1: were saying you're a tax collector.
2: A tax collector, uh, the son-in-law he printed all those communist messages to put in the candy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was great too, actually. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of like the candy. God is the state. Piece by piece, this play has a lot of great shit in it. But like, right, the,
2: the Trotsky lines. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's funny and smart, but like, there's not much to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting George Kaufman reading another um, play that he collaborated on. He's obviously like a good, almost not a hack, but like a, you know, a good playwright that, um, in the same way you'd have a good like movie script writer who would do a lot of like hits now. Yeah, this he, dude could like this
0: dude could write for clearly this yeah. guy could write for days. He can just yeah. you can give him a scene and he'll just bang it
2: out and it'll be funny and quick and done really well.
1: But it's yeah. also George Hart, right? Or Moss Hart.
2: Har- Moss Hart Moss What did he do?
1: Um he was famous. he was a collaborator with Richard Rogers before Oscar Hammerstein. Oh. So they did um, like Boys from Syracuse. And I think Kaufman and Hart collaborated on Marley Roll Along, the play.
2: Um, okay.
1: But Rogers and Hart was a was a duo before Rodgers and Hammerstein.
2: Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that duo name.
0: Might I ask uh, why do you feel like this play is revived? And because you mentioned it's like the most well known one up to this point.
1: Well, I mean, and to be fair, that like gets um, that gets taken. It gets dethroned immediately next week. Um, right, right. With Our Town.
2: By I mean, a I long that, way, I would say, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I, And I think Our Town probably has a throne for a... Ah, I mean, then we're, we're about to start getting into some heavy hitters, but...
0: Yeah. But Do you second. feel like this play reveals something about the American spirit or character? Yes.
1: I think it reveals something about the American imagination. Like, I, I don't think... I think it reveals something about what we, like what we strive for. Like how
0: we imagine ourselves to be like at our best.
1: Yeah. Like I think there's like an like a like a independent tolerance that is uh, you know represented in the Sycamore family. Mm. I also think it's probably a pretty fun play to do. There's a lot of parts. I think it's like a great high school play. You get like they're all pretty like they can all be the play can be successfully done with, I think, pretty one-dimensional performances. I'm sure the play is only enhanced by better
2: play. Good comic actors.
0: Right, if I saw the Russian guy body-slamming the dude in high school, I would have been rolling on the floor. It would have been like, the funniest not, thing I've ever uh, seen in my life.
1: Like, I think you can read some depth into it, but it's, like, pretty... Also, um, we didn't talk about this. But I think George Kaufman also directed the Broadway production. Hmm. And the stage notes are extensive.
2: They are. All of the blocking is in there. Like,
1: I, you, I mean, I think that's also... like You could have the like wrestling coach come in and be like, mm, Durkton, you can't take it with you.
2: We're
1: just going to... We're going to do the script here.
2: <laughs> Downstage, <laughs> And then he has all the prop and all of the prop switches. That, I think
1: that is a thing from older plays. Like, I remember I was in r old Lace. And we, like, the script has that. I have Harvey. I can see Harvey. Oh, I'm not yet. Um, we're going to read a Harvey. I feel like probably has something like
2: that, too. I liked it. it was a little hard to picture with everyone like what's going on, yeah, on and the I, stage. yeah I
1: actually I pulled a John i gave I used John to excuse myself from like
2: from know, reading all of those yeah it was like, some of the the larger um set of stage directions were more interesting, more poetic.
1: I mean, I think the introduction, like the the art of the introductory like stage direction is really I think.
2: It is. And I like that one stage direction when he's like, we'll find out more about that later.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I, I I was talking to a friend who was, we were talking about this, that like, it's also a time when maybe Americans read plays, Mm. they couldn't see them. Right. And that was more of a literary, it was like, there was effort put into a literary publication of what the play might look like.
2: Was that a thing?
1: I don't who knows, sure.
2: I bet it was much more in the twenties, thirties when plays were if not the major, you know, media than uh not that long that they've lost a crown to movies, right?
0: So like Samuel French used to just like own everything then?
2: Yeah, and and sell it. And then a lot of these plays were turned into movies, right? And the biggest movies were based on these plays.
0: I got to say, I, I I find that a very interesting question of like, were people actually, you know, if they couldn't go to Broadway to see the play, were a lot of people reading these plays in Peoria, Illinois, or something like that, like buying copies or something?
1: I mean, that's what my, this is what my friend said that I think was speculating. I'm a little bit less convinced of that. But,
2: yeah, I, am I too. mean, I believe it because I have a bunch of used plays and I wouldn't have them from that era if people weren't buying them and there weren't a ton of copies around. You know what I mean? True.
1: So I guess this will ruin our predictions, but the play takes yeah. place in New Hampshire.
2: I've seen it. John, what do you think happened?
0: I don't know, if it's gonna fucking suck. Whatever.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, I know that fucking Paul Newman was in it, and I I always held Paul Newman in the highest regard. Then I heard he was in Our Town, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" But I no, it. it's
1: like I mean, I think so. It's he was the stage <laughs> manager, and that's a role that you can like. That's a role that I think often gets stunt cast, and I think it it's fine to do that. I like. I yeah
0: i'm really really I'm really looking forward to reading something uh I'm looking forward to reading this play, yeah um
1: yeah. but and, you know what I
0: hate I hate plays that are about putting on fucking plays it's not about play. <laughs> no it's not about putting on a
2: play it yeah, just right. uh it uses a conceit that it is you know play. what I
0: hate I hate plays that know that they're fucking plays. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Uh, uh, uh,
2: well, we'll oh, see what place. you think after seeing our town. All right.
1: All right. Well, we will. Uh, you'll hear it from us next. Uh, I guess recorded, but live from uh, John's backyard. All right. Say good oh, night, man. folks.
2: Good night, Bye. folks. Thank you.